0: Time for the Retirement Roadmap Podcast with registered financial consultant Glenn Mosseller. Glad you're with us for another edition of the Retirement Roadmap Podcast. Walter Storholt alongside Glenn Mosseller, registered financial consultant and the founder and president of Roadmap Financial Consulting in Greensboro with an office on Mears Chapel Road. You can find us online at roadmapfinancial.com. On today's program, we're going to look at how uh, we're going to look inward, I guess is the best way to say it, and see how that can lead to major financial impacts if you know yourself a little bit better how will that shape your financial world okay we're getting a little deep on the show today but no we're gonna make it easy and accessible uh easy to understand as we go through you know Socrates once said Glenn that the unexamined life is not worth living kind of interesting and when it comes to financial planning I think it's important to examine yourself by pondering some important questions And these things will reveal, I think, some financial elements of our lives. You willing to play along with this? I think this will be fun.
1: Yeah, Walter, let's do it.
0: All right. I'm sure there's people scratching their heads a little bit going, what in the world are they talking about? We're getting philosophical on today's show, (laughs) but it'll make sense very quickly here. All right. So really think about it. What financial issues do you really worry about? It's not the same for everybody, but you in particular, what keeps you up at night? Glenn you don't have to answer this from a personal perspective but maybe more helpful what your clients often respond to questions like that or what you find after you get to know your clients really well how might they answer that question
1: Well it's funny Walter I mean that's that's actually a question that you know that you know I often ask or some version of it you know when we're in the discovery process right For the most part I mean you know one of the things that 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 comes up for folks is is that there's always this, you know, this kind of in the back of the mind. It's like, am I going to have enough to retire? You know, ha- am, am I going to know for sure that, you know, that that you're going to have an, enough income to last? You know, and that my money will, you know, will take me through, you know, all the way through retirement, and you know, and I'll be able to do the things that I want to do, and be able to pass, you know, pass money on if that's an objective or a goal. You know, it, it's just it's like a, it's a, a, there's again we we kind of come we've talked about this in, in past shows as well is is that. How do you know when you've gotten there? And how do you know? It's like you know when we talk about you know folks have you know you know whether it's you know three hundred or eight800 you know million dollars saved you know whatever it is you know for retirement all those numbers you know they seem like a you know a lot of money and they would be if you know you pile it all on the desk you know and it's like wow there's a there's a big pile of money here. But, you know, how do we then take that and say, OK, well, we're going to we're going to position it and we're going to create a plan to make sure that it's going to last you know, throughout retirement and give you the lifestyle that, that, you, know, that you want to have. You know, that's a whole different issue. And I think that's the thing that, that really this is always nagging in the in the back of people's mind is, is like, you know, how you know, how am I going to do this? I know I'm going to have Social Security. Sometimes there's a pension I and mean, most of the time there's not, though. And and it's just like, OK, well, how am I going to, you know, use these these resources that I've saved throughout my life to kind of create my own personal pension, so to speak? You know, how do I know I'm going to have reliable income and it's going to last? And, you know, if I pass away early that my spouse is going to be taken care of, you know, those, those are the things that, that I think are, are, you know, are, are really there kind of nagging for
0: a lot of people. It's a great point. And in uh, those kinds of things that start to shape how we view money, think about money, plan for things like retirement and uh, our financial lives you know, deep into our the late working years and beyond. So you need to ask some additional questions. Do I think undercover some of the more, you know, elements that might lead to why you make important financial decisions the way you do? And that's when it comes down to desire, you know, so we kind of flip the script a little bit. There's things that we worry about that drive our decision making, Glenn, but then we also have things that we desire the most. So ask yourself that. What do you desire the most financially speaking? What do those answers typically sound like? And what does that reveal to you?
1: Well, I think, I mean, those two things are really related, aren't they, Walter? It's just like the two sides of the coin. It's like, you know, well, you know, what keeps you up at night and what's worrying you and what's kind of nagging is, is like, well, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to have the things that I desire. Right. You know, and, and to have the, the lifestyle that I want to have and know that it's going to be there you know, throughout retirement. You know, is this like this, this, there's a little bit of a, an uneasy feeling. It's like when you, when you walk away from that paycheck, you know, from, you know, from the working years and now you're now what you've saved for, you know, for your entire life is now going to have to create your own paycheck, so to speak. Right. And, you know, most, most people, you know, think it's like, you know what, I mean, when I get to retirement, you know, most people want to, you know, want to be able to stay in the, you know, have the same basic kind of lifestyle that they've had. Obviously, everybody likes to think of having maybe a little bit better or a little bit more, you know, a little extra, you know. uh, discretionary funds, so to speak, you know, maybe take a few more trips and this and that. But, but for the most part, you know, people's lifestyle is, I mean, that's kind of what they, what they've grown accustomed to. And their, their real desire that I hear from most people is, is, you know what, I just, I just want to make sure that, that I can keep living at this same lifestyle, you know, th- for, you know, for the rest of my life. You know, and, you know, if I can do a few extra things, you know, or, you know, I've I've set some, you know, some money aside specifically to do a few extra things. I want to be able to do those things. But just, you know, just through time, I want to make sure that I want to feel like, you know what, I'm going to be OK and, and I'm going to I'm going to be able to keep living like I've like I've been, you know, been used to. And that's, you know, I hear that probably more than anything about what what folks really want and, and what they what they really think about. It's like I really like to just know that that's going to be in place.
0: It's relatively easy to think about the things that worry us and the things that drive us, you know, our desires. Those things are, are very high, top of mind sort of things. You're constantly thinking about them most likely, uh, or at least they're, they're popping up in your mindset quite often. Other things are a little bit deeper. They're a little more hidden and they're harder to see yourself. But if you're truly honest with yourself, you might be able to see if you have any biases that affect your financial decisions. And so you should act that, ask that question. You know, do I, do I have a, I don't know, a dad who always berated the stock market to me when I was a child because he'd lost a lot of money in it? And have I developed biases against the market because of that? Or vice versa. Maybe it's another financial product or, or a way of life or the way that you view debt because of the way somebody in your family handled debt has kind of forever etched this bias in you. And does that then lead you to maybe overcorrect or make worse financial decisions because of it? Do, do you uncover people's biases when it comes to money typically, Glenn? And, and does that play a big role?
1: Oh, I think so, Walter. I mean, that, that again, that's part of that uh, that discovery process, right? You know, and, and talking with folks about you know what is you know what's important to them, you know, what do they think about you know, and we we typically you know I, I'll ask the question, you know, well, you know, you've got certain amount of money saved here you know, what are your thoughts and your, you know, and your feelings about this account? What do you want it to do? And that kind of thing, you know, and then if I'll notice that maybe there's something that's not in their, in their, in their portfolio, you know, is it's like, you know, well, you know, we'll start asking those kind of questions. And it's interesting, like you say, I mean, some folks, you know, are, have either, you know, positive or negative feelings about the markets, right? I mean, I, I meet with a a number you know, a lot of people and they, they really like the market. So they, you know, they like what they've been able to do, obviously in the saving years, because they know that, and been able to accumulate more, even though it's, it's sometimes some heartburn in the ups and downs of the market. They know that, you know, that that, that has performed, you know, for, for the vast majority of people anyway, better than what it would have if it would have just been sitting in a savings account. Right. And so, you know, there's a lot of times there's a bias in that direction. You know, sometimes, you know, folks, maybe they maybe they had some bad experiences and they and they, you know, and and they maybe lost some money and then they're a little bit skittish about that. You know, but oftentimes, you know, I find it's like, you know, somebody who's like really, really pro the markets, you know, that there's nothing wrong with that. At the same time, when you're transitioning into retirement and you're and you're going to be relying on that for income and you're going to be having to take money out. In the ups and downs, you know, we have to have some, you know, uh, other conversations about, well, how are we going to fill the gap between your Social Security benefits and the lifestyle that, that you say you want to live at? You know, and, and for the most part, most people have some sort of a gap there. You know, when we start having that conversation. Do you want to have that gap fully at the risk of the market or do you want to have some of that, you know, you know, guaranteed and reliable that you know it's going to happen, you know, no matter what happens? And, you know, the, most people say, well, no, I, I really want it to be reliable. You know, I don't want to have to worry about, you know, it's like where the market is as to whether or not I'm going to draw money out. And so then we start talking about the possibilities. I always t- tell people, look, look, you know, as as an advisor, you know, I want to put all the possibilities on the table and then we're going to, dis- you know, we discuss them and we rule things in and we rule things out, but we, we don't have a bias, you know, at the beginning. And so, I'm dual licensed, meaning that I'm licensed in the insurance world and I'm also um, I'm also licensed in the securities world. And, you know, my my feeling is, is that, you know, I'm you know, I, I look at it and I say, look, it's very true that the markets can do things that insurance products cannot do. Right. But it's also true that insurance products can do things that the markets can't do. And to compare the two things is like comparing apples and oranges, right? They're not, they're both, they're both in the financial world and the financial realm, but they're not designed to do the same things. And so I always think that it's worthwhile to explore, you know, where, where your biases are, because there are oftentimes things that you are outside of your awareness. You know, you've heard certain things, but you haven't necessarily, you know, it's like what the, the old, the old guy, I can't remember his name on, they used to be on the radio that says, you know, and now the rest of the story. It's really, it's really the case. It's like you really want to understand what you're saying yes or no to by, by having a full understanding of, of how things work. And, and more often than not, I find that folks, you know, have a, have a real, have a tendency to have biases. And a lot of times those biases are based upon, you know, lack of information. It's like they, they've, got, they've got some facts. And they've got, they understand some of the pros and cons, but they don't necessarily understand all of them. And, you know, and, and oftentimes, you know, we'll explore stuff and then, you know, and, and we'll say, okay, well, you know, having, you know, known that, you know, you know, would you make a different decision? They say, well, yeah, I, I didn't understand that, 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 that really worked that way. And then sometimes we'll ask the same questions and they say, you know, well, no, I still, I still like this other better and that's okay. But I just, for me as an advisor, I want folks to understand, like I said, just, a, just a second ago is. I want you to understand what you're saying yes to and what you're saying no to, not that it's just that it's just coming out of, you know, hey, this is what I this is what my my information base of, of knowledge has, has told me thus far. If you're open to learning more and understanding more, you're able to, I think, make wiser decisions because you're, you know, you're basing your decisions on, on more facts than misconceptions. Does that make sense, Walter?
0: It does, Glenn. Yep, absolutely. And I think that's why that's so important to think about, you know, just as much as our fears and our desires think about those biases and how they impact us uh, mentally and how we prepare for retirement and how we view our finances. Same goes with looking at those before us. I kind of teased that a little bit in the biases section, but what did you learn about money from others, specifically maybe your parents or grandparents by explicit teaching or just by observing? Isn't that where we probably get most of our biases or maybe this one's better to couch as uh, where maybe we get our habits?
1: Yeah. I mean, well, I get it. It depends. It depends on the situation. depends on the people. But right? but I mean, I think uh, there's an awful lot of folks that have, you know, that have those financial lessons, you know, from their parents and they tend to, you know, just, it's like this running kind con- of conversation or dialogue or belief system that that's running in the background. You know, sometimes, you know, folks deviate from that. And they and end up doing you know, better than what their parents did financially and whatnot. And it's because they've learned some other things or they they did a few things differently. But at the same time, there's almost always some elements that, that still come through. And so, like you say, I mean, there, there's 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 a piece of that, that that sometimes goes into biases, you know, and some and sometimes those biases are good. Right. I mean, it, it's there, you know, bias isn't necessarily always bad. But what you want is, is you want an, you know, you want it to be an, an, an informed bias, right? Rather than just a, you know, I, I think this because and, and maybe there's some you know missing information. And I think that, you know, that, that it's just it's natural. Like, right? you know, I mean, people tend to model behaviors of the people that they look up to. And that's that's kind of the parents, you know, you talk about things about like, you know, you know, the you know, what about your, you know, your house and your mortgage? And, you know, are you planning to, you know, stay in this house for the rest of your life or do you think you're going to move? You know, how do you feel about, you know, having a mortgage? You know, some people are comfortable with it. You know, some people say no 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 I've got to have that completely paid off and it you know and again it depends it's it's not a one-size-fits-all I mean you know if, if you're living in a bigger house and there's and there's you know, and you still have a mortgage but you're planning to on, on on downsizing a little bit maybe you maybe that goes away just by by the you know the nature of changing you know the to a different house and you know a different price range or something like that But there's a lot of pieces of that puzzle in terms of savings you know paying things off what's debt you know what you know what's what's not really debt what's you know there's there's a lot to it and i think it's important to lay all those things out on the table and really understand you know where you know how you're how you're coming to your decisions and how you're putting your plans together it's it's important to understand you know what what's what's going into that rather than just kind of just going along and just assuming that you know, that, that, that everything that you believe to this point, you know, is, is absolutely true. I mean, there's obviously, most of those things are probably true, but there's also some things that you probably are outside of your awareness with, you know, and if you're armed with new facts, you might actually say, huh, I'm going to make a different decision because I didn't know that before. And I think that's important to, you know, to, to leave that possibility open when, you know, particularly when you're, when you're moving into the retirement years.
0: Yeah, that's a great point, Glenn, and I think another one that we need to think about deeply. Last but not least, we'll get philosophical one more time here, Glenn. What does money really mean to me? That's a good inner, inward-looking question to ask. You know, what role does it play in my life? This one's a little bit more nebulous, but, you know, what does money allow us to do? What does it really unlock? Does it have meaning Do you have purpose behind your dollars that you earn and use? Those are all good things to really ponder. And those aren't the, that's not the typical question we typically ask. It's just sort of this, you know, you get money, we do things with it. But to really ask what it means to you to earn that dollar or save that dollar, well, that starts to kind of reveal some important things as well.
1: Well, you're, you're exactly right, Walter. I think in terms of this, like, you know, this is, this is one thing that, um, you know, it kind of comes up, you know, with, with my father, right? You know, it's like, you know, and I think about, you know, my own, it's like, you, might, you know, we're talking about what do we learn from our parents? You know, and, and I know that he always said, you know, he says, you know, well, they, they tell you that money doesn't buy happiness. And, and that's true. Right. But he says, but neither does poverty, <laughs> you know. And, and it was like, you know, it was like, wow. I mean, I n- never really heard it like that. And that was his perspective. It's just like, hey, you know, because he came from very little. Right. He didn't have anything growing up and he, you know, he did pretty well for himself. But so, he, yeah, but he always had that perspective that he he wasn't in search of just, you know, of, of just trying to get more and more and more money, but it was, the, it was just, you know, what money could do, right? You know, could he be a good steward of if he, if he, if he earned more and he did more and he, you know, he was able to save and, you know, and create a, you know, a better lifestyle for you know, for, you know, for himself and my mother and, you know, and for us and to be able to, you know, to teach, you know, to teach me and my sister, you know, lessons. And, you know, could he impact things by, you know, by donating, you know, things to, you know, to charities and church and that kind of thing to to really make a positive impact, right? And so that's really, I mean, it kind of comes down to what does money mean to you? It's really, it's, it's you know, money is 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 like opens doors, right? If you have more money, you're able to do more things. And that can be, just stuff to do and to have fun or to accumulate some, you know, material possessions, but it's also, you know, most people I talk to and most people that I work with, they do donate money to either charities or to their church and they want to do other things with their money. And, and so really that's, that's a philosophical question, obviously, and everybody's a little bit different, but it's really important to know how that fits into your overall plan. And and what do you want, what do you want your money to do for you? And do you, you know, and are you, you know, are you able, are we able to, you know, to have multiple answers to that question, right? It's not just one thing. It could be a number of things. And and we and then we kind of start to prioritize that list and then we and then we, you know, we we do a little bit more analysis and so then it's like when we come out on the other end of of, of having a plan in place, like you know, folks is like really really comfortable. It's like, "Hey, this is, you know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm really good with this." I, I I can't emphasize enough when when I talk to folks, when I sit down with them, you know, in, you know in the early stages, it's, you know, particularly when when they're getting ready to retire more often than not, there's a little bit. I mean, folks are really looking forward to it. But there's also this is there's this edge to it. it's like, well, if I once I leave, I don't have that paycheck anymore. You know, and, and so it is a lot of emotion tied around that. You know, sometimes it's just dollars and cents. Sometimes it's the identity of, of what of what they've uh, you know, what they've done in their in their career and their work. But, you know, it's it's you know, we have to kind of make that make that transition and say, OK, well, what do we want your money to do for you and how do you think about it and and what's your philosophy and, and you know, and, and how what kind of values do you want to make sure that you, you know, that you leave to your kids and, you know, and grandkids, not just dollars and cents. But, you know, what what kind of lessons do you want to leave with them?
0: Right. And and
1: that and that, that becomes part of your legacy as well.
0: These are all really good questions to ask yourself. So if you haven't done that before, although hopefully we're kind of playing along on the episode. Today, but really think about those financial issues. What do you worry about? What desires do you have? Biases? What have you learned from loved ones around you and how they've taught you about money explicitly or by observing? And then, yeah, kind of to finish it all off, what does money really mean to you? If you can answer all of those questions thoughtfully, you probably have a pretty good grasp of that base level of concepts and and ideas and things to think about when it comes to putting together a solid financial plan because you take care of that foundation. The rest of the stuff just sort of falls into place because you're well-grounded. So it's important to ask these kinds of questions as you're putting together a plan, and that's what Glenn gets to and helps you unlock and uncover when you have a complimentary review of your financial plan with him. And if you'd like to set up time for a free consultation, don't forget it's always easy to do that, You can go to roadmapfinancial.com, click on the free consultation button at the bottom of the page, or call 336-291-3535. That's 336-291-3535 to get in touch that way as well. Glenn, appreciate the help and the guidance on the program today. Thanks for looking inward with us, and uh, we'll look forward to chatting with you again next time. Fantastic, Walter. Take care. Have a good week. You do as well. That's Glenn. I'm Walter. We'll talk to you next time on the Retirement Roadmap Podcast.